0: for obvious reasons we keep this place as gloomy as possible welcome to mind poppers podcast (laughs) we are as a people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies once you get used to these grim surroundings you'll never leave nobody ever does we continue now with tonight's case conspiracy now right now listen i have to tell you every time i sit down to record okay the intro i can hear the intro as well while i'm or you know when i'm beginning recording i can hear the intro play before i start speaking and um, oh that intro it fucking does something to me like to my very core it has me rocking before i even start that no not now no. <laughs> um i actually had that made by some guy um some dj over in los angeles um he i'm not sure he does some sort of radio show whatever and obviously then on a side hustle he does this kind of stuff well and i know he makes a fortune doing it as well um obviously here alone today um last week we had jenny on the podcast jenny claffey which was a lot of fun we just have a really good connection like sitting and talking to jenny it's just easy, you know, we just have a really good flow together and what have you. Um, I can't wait to have her back on again. <clears throat> a lot of you are really respondent to the, that, that whole meditation thing that we did. Um, so uh, a lot of a lot of minds being woke um, this week What I want to talk to you about. Well, first of all, let's touch on that Britney Spears documentary Um I don't know if some of you guys have watched it yet. I posted the the link to it on Instagram and you can hit me up afterwards if you still need the link. Um, <clears throat> even though I am fucking blue in the face from sending that shit to people. But um, basically it was this kind of like, I guess in-depth kind of look into, into Britney Spears with everything that's going on with her conservatorship, with her father and what have you. But the New York Times decided that they were going to do, um, you know, like a, a proper documentary. Um, and it was good. I have to say that it was good. I enjoyed it. I would, you know, recommend it as a watch. Was it necessarily groundbreaking in, you know, giving us new facts or information about this whole movement, the Free Britney movement? Not really. It wasn't, you know. It kind of knew about as much as everything as we know now, um, which, you know, again, isn't a whole lot. Um but I guess the, the biggest takeaway from it... The most impactful thing about the the Britney Spears documentary... I, I'm not even sure what it's called... It's maybe called like reframing Britney Spears or something... But the biggest takeaway I guess... Was just how she was treated in the beginning of her career... And it was fucking... It was awful... It is a hard a hard watch... Because you can you know see what was this innocent you know girl... I'm not sure if she was from Mississippi or Tennessee or Louisiana but real hick vibes, whatever, Um, and how she was, like, destroyed by the media and brought down and down and down, and it was so interesting to see the kind of interviews, you know, when she was on these talk shows, and how these older guys were speaking to her about sex and her tits and all this shit, like, stuff that just would not fly today, you know? And she, it's interesting to see because she has lived through a lot, a whole lot of shit, so I guess the most interesting thing about this documentary was, you know, seeing how Britney Spears got to where she is today and the kind of, the, the beginning of it all, you know, the thing that kick-started it all. It is a good, it's a good watch. Um, if you follow Britney Spears on Instagram, I mean, that's a whole other story. You know, you can tell that the girl is... definitely has some sort of demons okay she definitely has something going on apparently she's refusing to work she's so apparently she's not doing music she's not doing tours she cancelled a vegas residency apparently she's like stopping working until her father um until her father is kicked off the conservatorship which is going to court and you know what when she goes to court to try and fight for her independence the way the whole thing is set up is that not only does she have to pay for her own legal team but she's also paying for the legal team that are fighting against her how fucked up is that um, no but it is interesting it's worth to watch I also in the same night watched the, the Wendy Williams movie so Wendy Williams came out with a new movie which is kind of like just a thing of her life and it's not a documentary it's an actual movie she also actually released a documentary as well the same day as the movie if you're a fan of Wendy Williams, if you watch the clips or if you ever watch her on YouTube, it was actually was a good movie. It was a lifetime movie, but it was a good movie. How you doing? <laughs> it was worth the watch. I actually found it very inspiring. Like Wendy was, you know, this young girl who grew up, you know, who had a co and, you know, wanted to pursue a career in radio. I mean, God, I can relate to that. Um so I would recommend watching the Wendy movie as well if you were so inclined, if you've got the time, and I know you got the time. Um, if you remember as well, I think maybe was it two episodes back? The episode anyway was called "Call Me by Your Slave," and basically we talked about the whole Army Hammer situation. You know the the messages, the messages about the about the cannibalism, the like master slave sex, like the real kind of like dark stuff. Which yes, dark, but also was kind of hot um so basically word on the street is that there's something coming out about him like a big story is about to drop i was hoping it was going to drop by today so we could talk about it but anyway word on the street is this big story is going to drop and it's going to make all the stuff that we've heard about him so far like pale in comparison to the story that is about to break so his um agent has just dropped him his whole team has just dropped him Um, and we're guessing it's in anticipation of this big story that's about to break now we don't know who's going to break the story all I know is the streets are talking and this big story is coming if you haven't caught up on the army hammer drama yet go and um, go and look into it go listen to that episode so you'll be caught up by the time that story breaks again I was hoping that the story would break today so we could talk about it now, if the story breaks, say like tomorrow or whatever, I might I might record like a small like mini little episode just so we can talk about it. So it's not old news. We don't want to report old news. Um no, a word on the street is okay. Um, you know, because he'd call called me by called me by my name. Call me by your name, call me by your name, with Timothy Chamley. And it was a big hit, like it was a small indie movie, and then it was like getting like kind of a bit of Oscar balls, and people ate it up. And it is a good movie. You know, it is a good movie. But you know, obviously, his his the the person he was playing against in the movie Timothy um, He Timothy Chameley went on to like blow the fuck up. He became huge. You know, he was like the it white little twink. You know, everyone wanted a piece of Timothy and His career really really took off, and rightly so. He's he's a really good actor. <clears throat> um, but Ar- um, Army didn't have the same. You know, I mean, he he had a lot of success off it. Of course, the movie was huge. But, you know, it did not propel him into a certain fame that it gave his co-star, Timothy Chalamet. So, I guess the whole thing was, Army, you know, was still working, you know, in between jobs or whatever. You know, he hadn't really had a big breakout role since Call Me By Your Name in 2017. So, he was doing, you know, other jobs in between acting. One of those jobs, okay, was he was working on his friend's hotel. And I'm not sure in what capacity was he, like, construction... Or I th- what, what I read was it was something like he was helping to, to renovate it or whatever, okay? But the interesting thing, right, the streets have been talking. And I think it's like 15 minutes away from the hotel that this, you know, army had spent the summer working at, at this hotel. 15 minutes away from that hotel, I guess, they've recently discovered the bodies of three women so of course the streets are speculating and saying that is there a connection between this big story that's about to drop about Army hammer that's apparently supposed to bury him you know that's supposed to finish him and these three murdered women you know are we going to have you know a serial and i say allegedly because look we don't know what the story is going to be but could we potentially have um like this like hot actor you know, who's, you know, doing well for himself, potentially going to turn out to be, like, a serial killer. Mm, now I'm into that. I am into that. And I feel bad, you know, I feel bad because everyone, like, is foaming at the mouth, waiting for this Army Hammer story to drop. Um, And then I find myself being like, oh, my God, you know, I hope he killed those women. <laughs> you know, how fucked up is that? Of course, you know, didn't want anyone to, I don't want anyone to die. But like that that's just where we are in the world like foaming at the mouth being like oh my god please let it be true please let it be true please tell me army hammer killed those women <laughs> you know like never have we all been so excited to see three women murdered um which is not a good look for any of us but i'm looking forward to see what the story you know ends up being um i hope he didn't kill those women because I would like to see, and I know, look, as much as fucked up things as he's done or whatever, I'd like to see Army Hammer continue working, continue acting, because, you know, it's just going to be so interesting seeing that person playing a role, knowing what's going on, you knowing the fucked up shit that's going on in his head. That would just make everything so much, like, it's such a more interesting watch for me. Um, excuse me. Obviously, Valentine's Day is coming up. I think it's on the 14th. Um, I'm not sure what day that, what it falls on, I don't know, I'm not partaking, Um, but this week's, what I want to get into this week, this conspiracy theory, is that of Valentine's Day, the dark and dangerous history behind Valentine's Day, what is really going on there, okay, because there is some fucked up shit behind Valentine's Day that we don't know because everything obviously has just been Christianized. we don't really know what we're celebrating, um, so what I want to talk about this time, this day, week, this her day, is Valentine's Day and the darkness behind it. Before I do that, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like, I just like, you know, I, I couldn't come on and be like, you know, guys, I think this is a really good idea. Like, do you know, there some people who talk about like, gift guides for Valentine's Day and shit oh my god shoot my brains out you know army hammer murder me in a field (laughs) um no i want to talk about some real shit some murder some bloodlust some sex um and really find out what we're celebrating apologies but before we move on to um the valentine's day stuff um a video just popped up my phone there from tmz so basically it's a video with Brittany's new boyfriend She's approach, he's approached by camera, new boyfriend's name is Sam super fucking hot definitely I'd say 10 years younger than her so it's nice to see through all of this um, that she's still fucking and she's still fucking younger than her and fucking beautiful you know um like if you're going to be locked away at least she she always has the best boyfriends especially later in life when her when her personal life seemed to decline she just always had the the sexiest boyfriends um so basically this cameraman tmz guy approaches the boyfriend sam um and is asking um, him about jamie who is britney spears father i'll play the clip for you now Upset with jamie right now is is there anything that he can do to repair the relationship what would you like to be seen i'm not upset at anybody but you know what it is what i said is what i said so i think he's a dick that's just my opinion but i'm not gonna go into details Uh, that's it man can you guys ever be on good terms I hope so. Once he starts treating his daughter right, Right. then we can be on good terms. Now, now, a lot of fans are are concerned with Britney after seeing the Hulu doc. Thank you to all the fans. How's Britney doing? Is she okay? She's doing amazing. She's doing amazing. always having her back. Thank you very much. Did you want to with Jamie (coughs) right now? Good for her. Good for her, at least, that Brittany has someone like that by her side. Now, how long will that last? Who knows? But at least for the time being, we can rest easy at night knowing that she is fucking someone younger and fucking someone very beautiful. Okay? So, it's not all misery. <laughs> Moving on. So, we know, right, that Valentine's Day is this big commercial secular holiday, right? Like, it's definitely being usurped as a big commercial thing. And, like, I think it's, like, estimated that Americans spend around $18.2 billion on Valentine's Day every year. It's a money racket. Which is, of course, what lonely, depressed people say in order to make ourselves feel better. That the holiday, you know, is a holiday that we don't get to partake in because we're not part of a couple. You know, and I wonder, is this how Muslims feel at Christmas? Okay, because that's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> um, No, but, I mean... I've never been in a relationship during Valentine's Day. Well, I mean, I've actually never been in a committed, healthy relationship full stop, you know. Um, My demons keep me fulfilled emotionally and sexually. Um, So maybe I'm biased against the holiday in general. Or maybe somewhere in, like, my subcon, I'm a little resentful, you know. I mean, I cannot... You know, just say things without having an, you know, an introspective look. Um, But the holiday doesn't really have much of a pull over me. I must say, being honest, I never feel like I've gravitated towards Valentine's Day. It just seems very shallow to me. Like, the amount of times I've heard bratty girls being like, he got me this, or, you know, I wanted this, or all I got was flowers and chocolates, you know, that kind of mentality. And I'm like, listen, guzzle guts, this is supposed to be a day of celebrating love, okay? One of the strongest energies in the universe, but some people are out there and they just want a second Christmas, And I think that's why I reject Valentine's Day to a certain extent, because yet again, greed and gluttony seems to overshadow love. And I know I'm saying bratty girls, that's just my personal experiences. I'm sure guys are just as conceited and shallow around Valentine's Day as well. Um, But, you know, gift giving for me has always been a good indicator of how the foundation was in someone else's relationship. excuse me but if i ever wanted to look um inside someone's relationship or if you ever want to look at someone else's relationship like analytically from an outsider perspective i think the whole concept of gift giving is is a good indicator if you want to really like poke your nose in someone else's business essentially um because i always felt like the people who overbuy for each other they always seem very vapid to me like there's a certain coldness that comes with buying a lot of gifts in my opinion at least and look around like I relate sorry very gassy just in a massive bowl of pasta it's either going to come out this hole or the other. Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Yeah, so basically, like, the the overbuying thing to me, it just seems very cold and very shallow. And, like, you look around at the relationships you see around you. Like, I know couples that will spend hundreds on each other, but they never seem to be as happy as the ones that don't go overboard. You know? Ask yourselves. Because, like, when I think of, like, examples of love, like, I'm drawn to my friend Kyle and his girlfriend Allison, who has, you know... Subconsciously, become my, one of my friends now too. But they don't come across to me as the overbuying types, even though both of them are still very generous people. But they come across as two people who found home in each other, you know, which I think is a beautiful sentiment. Um, it may even be a Railer, but, you know, and I'd take that any day over the iPhone 12, the bags, the designer shit, any day of the week. You know, and I think people who overbuy, you know, I think they lack a certain sense of raised consciousness that would allow them to communicate love without the use of material things, you know. Um, And who knows? Maybe I'm bitter. Maybe I'm just a bitter, sad, odious little man. Maybe I'm bitter because the only Valentine's cards, you know, I ever got were from my mother who never showered me in expensive gifts and who most certainly never put out. I think the only person I ever sent a Valentine's Day card to was my neighbour and childhood friend Rosie. At one stage, I thought we were in love or at least supposed to be in love. Again, we were like seven. We got married in a field and it was actually a forced marriage, if we're being honest. Um, The older kids in the park actually made us get married so that they could watch us kiss. (laughs) Anyway, moving past that trauma, Um, but the marriage was unfortunately short-lived and me and Rosie went our separate ways, you know, shortly after came divorce due to differences or I mean, should I say we actually had one very similar interest, but in retrospect, should I have put up, like put all that aside and put a baby in Rosie? maybe then we'd be showering each other in expensive gifts to make up for our sham marriage. And again, you know, going back to the whole, um, the the overbuying thing, the overbuying thing, it's just so obvious. Like, there are just telltale signs. Like, at any point of your relationship, if anyone buys you something, Michael Kors, or the biggest red flag of all, is if someone surprises you with anything by Michael Kors, just know one thing and know this, that you have been cheated on. (laughs) (laughs) like fact I said what I said if you ever get a gift of a Michael Kors just trust and believe that you have been cheated on (laughs) you are a victim of infidelity if someone is up buying you Michael Kors in this day and age okay it is a telltale sign Michael Kors is the I'm sorry I cheated on you I don't have the guts to tell you gift of gifts Um, (laughs) I'm sorry but it's true um, you know the thing, like all modern Christian holidays, Valentine's Day is no exception, and has been obviously adapted from earlier pagan festivals. And man, did the pagans know how to party! Like, oh my god, no one throws a fucking party like the pagans did. Like these Christian parties, they could never, they could never. The pagans knew how to party it up. Okay. Um, And like before Valentine's Day had become Christianized, the ancients celebrated the festival of Lupercalia, okay, which was a celebration drenched in blood, sex, and magic. So the Roman festival, basically, and it actually can go back from the Romans, we can take it back to the Greeks, and even then from the Greeks, we can take it back to the Egyptians. You know, so it's interesting how all these like celebrations, you know, through many different cultures, and many through different religions... everyone seems to be operating off the same fucking blueprint and just adding a little remix every now and again you know um but Lupercalia anyway usually right lasted from the 13th to the 15th of february so explains where we're getting our date okay for valentine's day so basically they would kick off the celebration by sacrificing two goats and a dog and this was an offering to the gods you know i don't approve but that's that's just what that's how the gig went um, and you know what? They'd actually use the hides, right, from the sacrifice animals and they'd make little whips. <clears throat> I know it sounds kinky already. <laughs> so the men of the festival would chase the women around the old cobble streets of Rome, whipping the ladies. Okay, whipping the ladies with the hides, which I know sounds pathological, and the whole purpose of of the whipping was meant to bring about fertility. Like the whole celebration, the whole festival um, of Lupercalia was a, was a celebration um, of fertility. <clears throat> um, and you know what? Um, like, it, it, I mean, God, look, it's strange, and whatever it just says about the, how we, how women were treated in the past. um, like I, you know what I'm choosing to believe, um, that it was all in good fun. You know, that's what I would like to to believe because, like, obviously, like I said, men, the men and women were running around the streets of Rome, butt naked. The men whipping the women. Okay, the women would even line up. Okay, they actually lined up to get a whip on the booty because, again, everyone wanted to be fertile um so I'm choosing to believe it was fun I'm choosing to believe that this was like done in like mutual fun and like when they were whipping they weren't actually like giving someone like a fucking flogging but more so like a playful tap you know like I'm choosing to believe that uh, instead of like imagining a group of guys just whipping this woman aggressively you know, like happy Luper Carlia, Stacy, wishing you an abundance of fertility <laughs> while Stacy's fucking fanny is laying in like an alley three streets over after being lashed seven days from Sunday. Like a good luck <laughs> having kids and your coochie hanging on by a fucking string, you know? Um and everyone, anyway, during the festival, running up and down stark naked, bald naked. Which again for me is like, they obviously just had a lot more freedom of spirit back in ancient times. You know? Maybe it was a testament to where we are now with like this whole culture of us hating our bodies so much. You know, like everybody. I don't care what you say, how healthy you believe. I truly believe that everybody on some level or another definitely struggles with at least some kind of body dysmorphia like is anybody out there truly happy with their body i'm sure you could line up a hundred people and ask them to say something that they hate about their body and and then they'll name it for you but it seemed like back in these ancient roman and greek times the body was celebrated and not just the you know the the washboard abs or the fat booty or the you know enormous um Um, it seems like, you know, bodies were celebrated, or maybe not even celebrated, but at least, or maybe they weren't, you know, like, selling us on this whole thing of, you know, the perfect body, um, maybe that's just me pushing mental illness on all of you, you know, but I would argue, for sure, that, you know, with, like, the magazines, with the media, with blah, 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 we have all just become so sick, oh, excuse me, and I'm the sickest of them all, um, So it does get a little worse for women again like I said I'm choosing to believe this was in like good faith and good fun but they used to do this kind of lottery thing okay on Lupicaria, where they'd like take all the women's names in a town right and put them into like a box so it was like a lottery and then they would like pick out names of the woman and then that woman would be paired up with like a male partner just you know it was like a buddy system. So that, I'm sorry, I have to fucking stand up there. One of my legs is after going to fucking sleep. Oh my God. I'm still recording in this janky apartment. I don't even have a fucking chair. I'm on the fucking floor like a dog. Oh my God. Yeah, so basically it was like um, a lottery for women. It was like a raffle. Again, not saying, doesn't say too much about, you know, women's rights back in the day. So, anyway, you'd spend, like, the three days with your partner. I know a lot of these um, partnerships were recorded to... I mean, a lot of them... Most of them ended after the three days of Lupecaria. But a lot of these marriages actually went on... Or, sorry, not marriages. Relationships actually went on and bloomed into marriages or whatever. And I guess it's the whole thing of, like, you know, your name's in the box and you're just, like, hoping to the gods and the goddesses that, like, you're not paired up with some fuggle, you know? like you don't have to be spending lupercaria with some fuggle but you know I guess it also has one benefit is like you know no one's getting left out you know everyone is getting matched up with somebody and of course you just have to pray that you're not getting matched up with like you know Stacy with the two teeth or you know vice versa um, so I mean I guess that is one nice thing if you want to I mean again it's still like the raffling off of women so you know we'll take a victory where we can get it um, well basically it was like a three day orgy, you know, it was a three day orgy, you know, some of the magic that we lost, you know, because I know I'm not going to be having sex with Valentine's Day, are you? Are you? I could sit here and give you some empowering speech about you know introspection and how you are the most beautiful thing in your life you know you don't need anyone on valentine's day it's just a commercial mess all those suckers are buying into it you need to love yourself on valentine's day i'm not going to say that okay because we're all bored of fucking ourselves so bored of fucking ourselves um like but we'll make do you know it's just like every other day isn't it um but you know it's interesting is that even with a lot of common practices in um, in modern day time from Lupercalia, a lot of act- a lot of these practices have carried on into what we know as Valentine's today. And I'm not just referring to, we'll say, um, I mean, like obviously we've seen where the date comes from and all that, but. Um, also, right, so we have this whole concept of giving roses. Why are we like, have any of us ever asked why roses are associated with love? Why do we give loved ones roses? <clears throat> so basically, they were the goddess Venus, okay? The goddess Venus, her favorite flower was the rose. And of course, Venus was the Roman goddess of love. So it makes sense. And it became a symbol for love. So when someone gives you roses or you're buying roses, you know, the symbolism behind that is. You're giving the goddess Venus's favorite flower to somebody, you know, which I get I me. Mean, that is kind of beautiful. I like that. I'm into that. Um, Also, um, like another common sy- sim- symbol um, we still see in present day tradition, right, is that of Cupid. You know, that fat little baby that shoots people with arrows, okay, well, this little baby was actually the child of Venus, okay, and the child of Mercury. So Venus and Mercury came together and had a baby. Now, if you know Mercury <clears throat> was like the winged messenger, like often like kind of portrayed in like the cartoons, kind of like the wings on his shoes or like the wings on his helmet, and basically like he fly he flew around the gap. But basically, he was like a messenger of the gods, you know. So Venus and Mercury fucked, and their baby was Cupid. So the little baby, the little cherub flying around is actually a god itself, you know, not just a little fat, not not just an obese child, but an actual god. Um, So obviously he got the whole wings from his daddy and he got the love from his mama. Um, So like obviously, little Cupid flies around, right? He's golden tipped arrows and Cupid would try and shoot um people through the heart so the whole thing was if the tip of one of cupid's arrows pierced the heart then people would come down with pangs of love you know and that is why right interestingly enough that is why we often see the image of like the heart with the arrow going through it like you know the tattoo of the heart it always has like an arrow going through it or whatever um that all goes back to the ancient romans the ancient greeks okay, which I think is quite beautiful, because, <clears throat> like, Christianity has, has, has such a way of making everything so fucking boring, so fucking boring, I just think it's so much more interesting going back to the, and, like, I studied Greek mythology in college, but it just, it gives things just a lot more power behind them, I think, like, giving someone roses, because, you know, they were the the goddess of love's favourite flower. And then Christianity comes along and just makes everything more fucking boring. And they wonder why we're all leaving the church, okay? I mean, yes, the child sex abuse didn't help. But, you know, liven the fucking party a little, you know? Have you guys ever been in love? I don't know that I have. I mean... I know for sure that I've never been like in reciprocal love. You know, I've never been loved as much as I have loved somebody. Um, where she has cry cry up, very sad, very sad. But you know, I think to be to to experience love in its fullest capacity. <clears throat> here's me. <laughs> no relationship behind me, but <laughs> yet I'm pontificating. <laughs> God. Um I think to be, to experience love, you first have to love yourself. You have to be cool with you. Um, oh my God, sounds like... <laughs> oh my God, is that Oprah playing in the background? <laughs> but I do really, truly believe that, that you have to be in a good place with you before you can experience love and before you can give love that you truly have to love yourself and until i like I, I honestly feel like you can only love somebody else as much as you love yourself you can only give the amount of love to someone else as you give to yourself and i feel you know that can be misconstrued because i think a lot of people will be with people because they think it fills the gap in them that they haven't been able to fill themselves yet um You know, they're in relationships with people who think, you know, make them feel more complete. You know, when realistically you should be complete on your own before ever, you know, finding home in somebody else. (laughs) Um, And I'm not there yet. If I'm being honest. With myself. I'm not there yet. So. It is not fair of me to expect somebody else to love me either. You know, as fucking sad as that's as that does sound. okay. I I raise my hand. I hear it. I hear the sadness. Um, But yeah, let that be one takeaway for Valentine's Day is, you know, as somebody once said, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? that was RuPaul by the way <laughs> you know I think the worst thing about Valentine's Day is is social media is it's not even like the soppy like oh to my one true love blah 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 it's like seeing the stories of like people and they're like away in like an Airbnb somewhere and there's like gifts on the bed maybe like a glass of champagne oh my god when I can't remember the last time I had champagne to cleanse this palette. Um, and it's not the fact. Like again I said. It's not really about the gifts. As in. If you're so preoccupied with material things. Then you know. You should have your own money to get them. Realistically. But whatever about that. It's the thought of like. You know. When you are alone. But you know. That like. You know. On the 14th. I think it's the 14th. Um And I don't know what the story is. Are people to go to Airbnbs right now at the minute? I think they are. You know. Within their 5k or whatever but knowing that like you see the pictures on instagram of like them at like this beautiful airbnb you know the bed is freshly made it's all open it's beautiful there might be a jacuzzi just outside the window and you just know that the two of them are just going to be hoofing it into each other you know oh get on top of me you dirty mare hoofing it into each other for the fucking night you know, drinking champagne and strawberries and just laying down some good old-fashioned nasty stank, you know? Mm, I can nearly smell it in the air, stank, good old stank. Um, and I think that's what a lot of us are going to be missing out on this Valentine's Day because a lot of us, it's stank for one. Stank for one, please, you know? And stank for one is really just more of a smell, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> more so a foul odour. Um, you know, one person's stank is not the same as a collective stank. Um, <laughs> no. And with that, whichever stank you may be um, sniffing this coming weekend, I hope it is a beautiful, and healing, and prosperous one for you. And um, like I said, I might come back for a mini episode. Um, in in the next couple of days, if that story breaks on Arnie Hammer.